0: I mean, it used to put so much friction into our relationship that I always felt like it was chaotic. Welcome to the Underestimated Entrepreneur, where I talk about the many lessons, learnings, and tools that I've learned along my journey from being the private mindset and mental performance coach to rich listers, successful entrepreneurs, professional athletes, and more, all while running business and personal performance events for tens of thousands of people who wanna get the best out of themselves and their lives. This is my way of helping more people to excel in life build successful empires, and be the best that they can be. I hope you share and enjoy. Driven Mofos, welcome back to another episode of the Underestimated Entrepreneur. Last night, I took the queen out for a feed. And I've been really thinking about this over the last 24 hours of how far our relationship has progressed, especially from having Jess working in a corporate job to then coming on board into a brand new business that wasn't making any money, which was actually losing money. And then growing as a couple through that journey of running a business, but also our relationship. And I don't talk about this often enough, I don't think. And I know a lot of you out there probably want to improve the quality of your relationship, maybe even improve the quality of your life by having a better relationship. What I know now is that it is so important to have a partner in an intimate relationship that is supportive of your goals. And what I see out there is that most partners aren't actually supportive of their goals. You know, I spoke to someone yesterday and and this happens all the time where business owners use their partner as an excuse to not do shit. What I know is that their partner doesn't understand what they want. I also know that that person doesn't have the best communication skills. They don't understand value structures. They don't understand the importance of really talking together as a couple and creating clear outcomes and a mission and goals and working together on them. Versus most couples from what I've seen use statements. So they'll state, I want this, this is what I want. I can't believe that you don't give me this. You should change this. And so a lot of the time there are these statements that are made in a relationship that are quite destructive to each other. You always go out all the time. God, you're home late again, I can't trust you. You know, you say you're going to be home at this time. You don't do it. And so couples keep projecting shit onto their partners. I was talking to someone last week. They were talking about some of their friends. It was really weird because they said that their partner, they were going to a buck show. And it was all the guys that were getting together. And I don't know what they were going to do or whatever. But I knew that there was like topless waitresses there or whatever. Now, his partner was like, yeah, it's a buck show. That's probably what they're going to do. It is what it is. I know that he's going to do the right thing and she was fine with it. Whereas he said his friend just started dating this new girl. She started sending messages to all of the other friends, male friends, partners or girlfriends or wives questioning him about, you know, I can't believe that they're doing this. I don't really want him to go and so on. And he said, I can't believe like how insecure this person is. That there is going to lead to a destructive relationship. And what I said to him was, imagine when they start dating or even when they get married. That's only going to get worse. It doesn't get better. Unless they learn how to communicate and create that safety and security. But insecure people create more insecurities in their life. So you've heard me say this on the podcast before is whatever you give out is whatever you're going to get back. Whatever you give to the world through your emotions and your thought processes is the way you see the world. So that doesn't mean that there's a lot of like hippy dippy stuff out there. They'll say things like quantum theory and quantum experience. Science knows that there's quantum entanglement, right? And I'm not going to go into this, but I've studied a lot of this stuff. Like I've actually studied quantum theory. I'm not a world expert at it, but I know more than probably 99% of people who talk about it, unless they're physicists or they understand quantum theory or they're mathematicians who work in that space or cosmologists or Astrophysicist. I was actually only reading one of Einstein's books today around general relativity. But my point is, is that people use these terminologies of like whatever you give to the world is whatever you get back. Maybe there's an energetic exchange that's happening there. Science can't prove that or disprove it. So it's not proven, but it's not disproven. So it's a theory. And I think the theory works for people because they go, right, if I change the way I feel, then I change the way that things happen around me, which is true, right? We know that based on psychology. But the other thing that a lot of people don't understand, especially in that space of the hippy-dippy quantum theory, not quantum theory, but they use the word quantum because most people don't actually know what it is and it sounds cool. But what happens is there's this part of the brain which is known as the reticular activating system. And what it states is what you look for in the world is what you tend to get. It's partially based on our belief structures, the meaning we attach to certain things, and also the stories that we keep reinforcing. When someone goes out to the world and they go, Can't trust people, can't trust people, can't trust people, can't trust people. They might meet 20 people that they can't trust. But the reticular activating system looks at people who are getting screwed over. So they read the newspaper and they go, oh, see, can't trust people. Because there's a news article about the millionaire who screwed the old pensioner. The media are always going to hyper-exaggerate things. So that real news article may be that the pensioner invested in something that he was unaware of. He didn't do any research, didn't consult lawyers, didn't consult experts and jumped into something because he was greedy and he wanted quick cash. And now because of that, he lost his money and the developer gets away with it because the developer has legal structures, accounting structures, and also government set up things like company structures and so on to protect business owners because business is risky and the government knows that. So they create these laws because they're trying to create an environment for business to employ people, but business is risky. So the government has to create certain rules and laws and expectations that allow business owners to thrive taking more risks. Now, the average risk-adverse person goes, well, I can't believe that they get away with this stuff. But if they weren't allowed to get away with it, most people wouldn't start businesses in the first place because it's too risky. You know, 56% of businesses fail in Australia in the first four years. So coming back to this idea of the reticular activating system, this person looks at that and goes, see, can't trust people, can't trust them but they may have had 10 people throughout the day who have looked after them they've got staff who helped them but they just keep reinforcing in their mind that they can't trust people and they find all these reasons to back up that truth or well, what they call the truth but it's not a real truth it's a partial truth what does this have to do with a relationship well if in a relationship if you're going out and you've got fears and you're f- afraid that your partner's going to cheat on you you're afraid that your partner's going to screw you over you're afraid that your partner's going to take all your cash and you reinforce those fears, and you project that out to the world, then all you're going to get back is more reinforcement that that is the truth. The other thing that people do in relationships is I've got a lot of old friends of mine. They used to go out dating, and they would say, you know what? All women are screwed. You know, All women are broken. They're all damaged. And then I had other female friends who would say, you know what? All blokes treat women like shit. And I'd go, well, I'm a bloke, did your dad treat you like shit? And they're like, well, no. And I'm like, well, there's already your first one. Maybe they did, maybe they didn't, I don't know. But my point is, is that they're reinforcing this pattern. Then what happens is this beautiful woman meets all of these really nice guys and she calls them friends. And then the next second, she meets this fucking psychopath who is insecure who is aggressive? Who is violent? And she looks at that person and goes, "Ah, oh, there's just something about him that I like." And I'm like, "What? Is it the aggression? Is it the fact that he looks like a bear? Is it the fact that you know he's got tattoos all over his face and has been to jail three times and you know hangs out with all other criminals? Like, is it those things? No, no. There's just something. He, but he's different on the inside. And I'm like, yeah, of course he is. Those other 15 guys that all want to take you on dates and look after you and want to care for you." You call them friends. This other psychopath, which is the same other psychopath that you've dated like 20 times before, just with a different name, seems to be perfect for you, right? And then they wonder why they get into these positions, but it's because of the way that their beliefs get reinforced through the way that they see the world and also through their actions, their behaviors, and their emotions. So when you enter into a relationship, it is important to keep identifying these insecurities that you may have. It's important to realize that the energy that you give to your partner is the energy you get back. If you don't trust them, they're going to give you more reasons not to trust them. If you throw out this energy of I'm insecure, they're going to see you as being insecure, which is unattractive. I've never met a person, male or female, or any other the 40 million genders that are available these days. I've never met a person who finds insecurity attractive. So why do people go into a relationship with all these insecurities that they don't work through? that they don't do their own personal development, their own personal growth, their own self-growth in order to deal with those things. Because all you're going to do is become less attractive as a relationship goes on. You're going to create more problems. And normally when someone's insecure, they then start creating all of these rules, these boundaries, these expectations, which is also fucking unattractive. I don't want to be told what I can and can't do in a relationship and neither does anyone else. When I've got friends of mine and they say, oh, my partner doesn't want me to do this. I'm like, dude, you just became less attractive to them. They might not want you to do it and they're expressing that, but if you can't make your own decision in this moment, they're gonna find you less attractive. And most dudes who act like bitches in relationships and let their wife or girlfriend or whatever tell them what to do all the time, I guarantee they become less attractive to their partner. Normally what their partner's saying is if a partner says, oh, I don't like the fact that you're going to the strippers or I don't like the fact that you're hanging out with those guys. They're just saying, I'm feeling insecure. If you acknowledge that and say, hey, honey, I understand how you feel. I know in the past they may have given you reasons to feel a certain way, but you please understand, like, you're my girl. That makes them feel safe. So they're not asking for you to solve that problem. They're just asking you to validate and understand how they feel. That's all that it is. But guys take it the wrong way and then they end up more pathetic and then they wonder why their wives leave. 70% of all divorces are initiated by a woman. And that's because women normally feel misunderstood in their relationship. And also because guys become normally more pathetic as a relationship goes on. They become more submissive. They do more of what they're told. I mean, imagine that. Imagine being a leader of a tribe and being told what to do. That's not leadership. That's being pathetic. Imagine being in business and having all your staff tell you how you should operate your company. No one would do it, right? Because you you have all the risk and you're letting other people do everything for you. So that's not how leadership works. So first of all, you have to remember that when you give out energy in your relationship, you get that back. You get back the same thing, just that it amplifies. So insecurities amplify over time. That's why it is so important to do your own personal development and personal growth if you want your relationship to last. I think that it's really cool in this day and age that more men and women especially, not especially women, but more men and women as a collective whole are more aware about their own personal growth and that more people are doing personal development and are seeking coaches and are doing that. I think that that's really cool because most of society don't, but more people are starting to latch onto this and realize that it is important to them and that growth is important. So that's that's really cool. So in my relationship with Jess, I've never really been insecure in a relationship because I used to when I was younger. But what I realized is that those insecurities just made the relationship worse. So when Jess came in, I didn't actually even want a relationship. We just started hanging out and we just started, you know, she'd come around and we'd watch movies and and have fun and, and do whatever. And after a while, when she went overseas, I thought, oh, I miss her. And then when she came back, she bought me a whole bunch of stuff. And she's like, oh, I bought these things for you. You know, I bought you some stuff from Duty Free, like Cologne and all that. And I knew she was thinking about me when she was overseas. So that tightened up our relationship. But what I also noticed was that when I started a business, when she came on board in the business, it created a lot of insecurities for her because she had to start thinking for herself. She had to be more courageous. And when I say think for herself, she's always been an independent thinker. But when you work for somebody else, you're normally told what to do. You get expectations that are created, and, and so on. So it's a lot easier to navigate. When you're in your own business, you've got to be highly adaptable. You've got to change quick. You've got to be highly resilient. There's a lot of problems and a lot of challenges. So when she came on board, it created a lot of insecurities, a lot of fears, and then money, which has always been a high value of hers. So financial structure and financial security is important to Jess. As with most women, by the way. So it's not just Jess. Is that women, scientifically, are more fear-driven and have more fears, that could be an evolutionary process as a protector of a child. So they're more aware of problems and shit that's happening around them. That's why women tend to be more aware of people that they don't like. Jess will come to me sometimes and just say, I don't want to do business with that person because of these reasons. I just don't feel right. Whereas as a guy, I'm a bit of a jughead and I'm like, yeah, well, whatever. And then, you know, six months later, I get taken advantage of and she's like, I fucking told you. So women tend to be a little bit more sensitive to those things, providing they are balanced and secure. When women aren't, That starts to switch off and they start to fear everything and they become afraid of everything and they start pointing out problems in everything, which then causes problems in a relationship and it can lead to a breakdown. For men, they have two choices. They step up and become a leader. They become more grounded. They reinsure the feminine person or the female that everything's going to be okay and make them feel safe. And then they do what they've got to do. Most guys don't do that. They then adapt their own behavior, become a little pussy. They take shit all the time. They start feeling insecure about themselves. They lose their confidence. They start doubting everything and then they become fear driven. That's like most men in our society. That's why I know in business it's so easy to win because most men will just destroy their own lives. And I know that most men will destroy their own businesses. Why? Because they're way too insecure. They're more fear driven. They don't do their own mental and emotional work. They don't really think through challenges and problems effectively. They are hyper reactive. They worry more about what other people think of them. And because of that, they can never really lead themselves effectively. Until they break through that, their business is always gonna stall at some point or it's gonna collapse eventually. Okay, and I see it happen all the time. Okay, That's why if, if you haven't done my Thrive Time event, it's a game changer, right? It's an absolute game changer for both men and women, for relationships, but also for business. Guys, is it time to get out of your own way? Top executives, rich listers, athletes, high-level celebrities, top performers all know that it's easy to slip backwards and start making excuses, which is exactly why they have coaches. These are literally people at the top of their game and they still have coaches. So why shouldn't you? Having a coach means having a competitive edge, an edge that has you three to four steps ahead of everybody else in your industry, in your game, and even in life. An edge that gives you inner strength, confidence, and grit to handle anything in life. That's what you need to accelerate in life. Are you ready to step it up? Are you sick of trying to figure out everything on your own? Let's work together and finally break those barriers that have been holding you back for so long. Let's get you experiencing the success and the fulfillment that you've been dreaming of. Apply for my elite mindset and lifestyle coaching at michaelmojo.com. Go check it out. So anyway, as our business started growing, Jess became more insecure, but then she started putting on all the pressure where, you know, I don't think that we should do this. We shouldn't spend money here. And I started adapting my behavior. When that happened, I started losing respect for myself. I started to become more fear-driven. I started to become more scared. I started worrying about losing everything or loss. And so I started playing safe in my business. That then created me to put more pressure on Jess because I was pissed off and frustrated with her because I felt like I had this obligation to grow the business, but all these fears and I was scared and all of that. And it sort of came from her. But to work through all of that, What eventually happened was I created Thrive Time because I created my own success map and that's when the business took off and we had our first million dollar year. That was because I'd created my own success map and I put in the right pillars and I I was doing the right mental work. Then as the business grew, we were cranking, but I knew I had to keep working on my relationship. The thing that changed everything for me was these couple of key things. Number one was that I'm responsible for everything that happens in my life. So if you're listening to this, you can blame everybody else. You can blame everything else. You can blame your partner. You can blame your kids. You can blame your business. You can blame the economy. You can do all that shit, but you're never going to get where you want to get to, right? That's as simple as that. So I had to take responsibility. And my responsibility was my business wasn't where I wanted it to be was because I allowed other people to change my direction, my vision, my mission, my goals, and I allowed them to influence my emotions and make me play safe and play scared and be afraid more. So that was number one. After that, I then started to realize that the energy and the emotion that I gave out was what I gave back. And just like everything, when you invest in something, you put time and effort and energy in before you get a return. This is why most people never get rich, because most people want immediate gratification. They're like, yeah, but I worked today, so give me some money. I need to be paid this week. I did a good job today, so give me some money. I did well today, that's why I need a beer. Okay, I did well this week. That's why I'm going to eat junk food. Most people are in immediate gratification. An investment, if you're investing in your body, you put in the effort and the energy now for a greater future reward. If you invest financially in a business, you invest now for a greater future reward. You don't expect immediate gratification. That's what has to change. In your relationship, if you want a better relationship, you invest in it now for greater future return. So I realized that my relationship was not gonna change with Jess unless I started investing in her and investing in our relationship. So I started to learn how to communicate more effectively with her, which is what I teach at my events. I teach about how you communicate through your value structure, through your mission, how you understand your partner's mission and vision and values. Because unless you do that, you don't actually know what really drives them. What will normally drive most people is their emotions. Now, when emotions are high, intelligence is low. So when people are emotionally driven, They're not mission driven. They're not vision driven. They're not values driven. They're driven by how they feel. And most people are driven by how they feel, which is why they don't get the results that they want. So what does that mean? Well, I had to start investing in Jess and not do it from a place of emotion, but from a place of logic. And logically, I knew that Jess wanted a greater life. So I had to sit down with her and say, right, what do you want in our relationship? What do you want in life? And so we started sitting down and we created a vision for our future. And I asked her real proper questions. Most people don't do this in their relationship. Do you know the amount of men who are small business owners who come and say, my wife or my girlfriend wants money. They like money. They like that we've got a nice house. They like all the shit and they want the Range Rover lifestyle. But they don't want me to work after hours. They want me to work nine to five because all of their friends, partners, all work nine to five jobs. Yet they don't have a Range Rover lifestyle. They have an average person's life or a below average person's life. So they expect me to give them a Range Rover life by committing the same amount of time as all their friends or their parents that they saw growing up. They want me to be home at five o'clock and eat dinner with the family and sit down and watch TV and we all talk about whatever and then we go do shit on the weekends. So they want me to do that and be that father to my kids. They want me to be that parent. They want me to be that husband. But at the same time, they want me to run a business that is financially sustainable where we can go on holidays and we can all fly business class, you know, both parents, the three kids. We've got this beautiful house, nice cars. She wants that, but doesn't want me to work after hours. And so she starts giving me shit. This is how I knew that I had to sit down with Jess and come up with our future. And so I sat down with Jess and I said, look, what are your expectations? What are your standards? Remember my framework, my framework that I created. I created this. It is clarity times by standards, plus the environment equals results. If you don't have clarity in your relationship around what you both want, how can you have high standards? And if you don't have high standards and clarity, then how can you create an environment where both of you can thrive and the family can thrive? So everything falls apart without clarity. So what I stated was this, you need to sit down and you need to have that conversation. So I sat down with Jess and I said, right, what's your standards? Do you wanna fly business class or do you wanna fly economy class? Do you wanna go and stay at nice hotels when we go through Europe or do you wanna go backpackers? When we do national tours, do you want to stay in three-star hotels and eat as cheap as we can and probably feel like shit and get obese? Or would you rather stay in five- and six-star hotels, eat amazing food, high-quality, beautiful food that tastes amazing but is also extremely healthy? What do you want? Do you want to be able to go to the shops and buy whatever clothes you want? Now, she's not really a clothes person, but she knows that if she wants a nice pair of, like, she'll go and buy a nice pair of walking shoes or running shoes. You know, $200 Nikes. Do you want the $200 Nikes or do you want to buy the cheaper shoes you can, the $20 ones? A lot of people go, well, I can afford $200 Nikes. Yeah, but it creates financial strain. I want Jess to be able to go and buy a $1,000 pair of shoes and not even notice that the money come out of the bank account, right? That's what I want. And she said, no, well, I want us to be able to travel and it not impact our lifestyle or not impact our finances because we make so much money. And I was like, cool. What does that take? What do you think that takes? And she said, well, we need to work hard. And I said, cool. What else? And she said, well, we need to sacrifice some things for a while. And I said, cool. What else? And because we were able to to communicate that, she was then able to understand what needed to happen in our relationship in order to get where we wanted to get to. That creates a winning environment. Since I did that, our whole relationship changed. Jess will never talk about me working too much. She doesn't put pressure on me. Financially, we can be going through a hard time in the business because in all businesses, if they're growing, they are normally cash flow poor because the money comes in that has to go back out for growth. Most people are used to immediate gratification, which is I work, I make money. So they can't understand. Most small business owners cannot handle this, which is why they can't grow. And most people in an intimate relationship, their partner can't handle it because they're used to working and getting paid at the end of the week. There are times where I might work for three months and we don't make any money. But then You know, three months after that, all of a sudden cash is just coming in and we go to a whole nother level. And then because of that, I reinvest that money again and I start getting on more staff. I buy more systems. I get better mentors. I get different coaches. And then all of a sudden, bang, the business is sucking up money again. And then we go through that stage. But she had to understand that's what's happening. Once she understood that, bang, we became more supportive. And so last night I said, look, we haven't been out for a week. Can I take you out for dinner? And she went, I would love that. And I said, perfect. Where would you like to go? And she said, oh, there's this amazing, it's called carnivore. They do steaks and it's a, it's like a barbecue and grill. And so we went out for dinner. She loved it. And even this morning, she came up, she gave me a big hug and she's like, I really enjoyed last night. That's because you have common objectives, common goals. You know how to communicate with each other. And also you manage what you give out to the other person. I used to be highly critical of Jess. I would criticize her because there would be things around the house that she wouldn't do. And I would go, oh, well, you said you're going to do this and you never did it. That does not help her right? It didn't help her. It just made her get pissed off. She goes, yeah, but remember when you did this? That's how most couples communicate. That doesn't work. So now we speak differently. We communicate differently. We communicate through our values. We communicate through our mission. We communicate through common objectives. And because of that, the relationship is way tighter. So I hope that this helps any of you out there who are in an intimate relationship and want your intimate relationship to work more effectively. If you haven't come and done my Thrive Time event yet personally, I would recommend you do it. I guarantee it will change the way you operate in your relationship and it will change your life and it will change your success. It will change your results. I wouldn't recommend to go and put pressure on your partner if they're not ready for it. But if your partner's ready for it, we get a lot of couples who come. Sometimes couples come when their relationship falls apart and they're like, shit, we need to do something and then they come and do it. That's not the best time because you're doing it out of desperation. You're better off doing it out of inspiration going, I want a better relationship and I want a better life. So therefore I'm gonna come and do this now So that our relationship is the relationship I want. And I think that's really important. I was talking to somebody this morning and I said, you're either going to do stuff out of desperation or inspiration. A lot of people go and do personal development or personal growth when they're desperate. But if you do that, when things start working well, you drop your game. And so people then stop doing their personal development. And then after that, they go back to the same place that they were at before and they're desperate again. Business owners do exactly the same. I had a guy I spoke to yesterday and he's doing our business odyssey program. Which is a one-year mastermind for business owners. When I spoke to him, I said, How's everything going? And he said, mate, awesome. Like we're crushing it this year. And I said, Cool. You're one year's up. Like are you gonna resign again? He said, nah, not not this year. And I said, Why is that? And he said, Well, because everything's going well. And I said, Bro, that's the dumbest fucking thing I've ever heard. Everything's going well because you're doing it. Why would you not keep going when everything's going well? He essentially doubled his business. Well, actually over that, right? He grew by what, two or three hundred percent. So he went from just over a million dollars in revenue to $3 million in 12 months or 3.2 or something. Why would you stop? When something works, why would you stop? Why would you fuck it up? Most people fuck up everything in their lives because when good shit starts happening, they change. They stop doing the thing that works. People go to the gym, they do 12-week programs, they monitor their diet, everything's going great. And then all of a sudden they get to 12 weeks and they're like, cool, I'm gonna change. I'm gonna go back and start eating shit food again. I'm not gonna go to the gym. And then they get fat again and they're like, yeah, it didn't work. No, you stopped working. You took something that was working and you fucked it. Don't do that, okay? So please, start making decisions out of inspiration, not desperation. Because desperate people always live in desperation. Inspired people live with inspiration. And they do things because they just want to keep growing. Anyway, Driven Mofos, I hope that helps. Have a great day. Keep kicking ass. And if you haven't had that conversation yet with your partner, make sure that you do. Sit down and create common objectives. Work together on things. And if you want to know each other's values, your mission, you want to get clear on your goals and you want to create your own individual success map or even you and your partner come to the event and create your success map together, then make sure you grab your ticket to my Thrive Time event. You can go to my website, which is michaelmojo.com. Go check it out. Have a great day. Keep kicking ass. And I look forward to seeing you back here on the next episode of the Underestimated Entrepreneur. Stay driven, driven mofos. (laughs)